Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason de Molay. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Hi, I'm Lizzie Rose, Australia's celebrity psychic. Tracy and Tim. We have a witch in the studio. Lizzie Rose is a witchy psychic. Are you a witch, Lizzie? I am a witch, yes. I love a good witch. Australia's celebrity psychic Lizzie Rose. Good morning to you all. Australia's celebrity psychic Lizzie Rose, Belinda. I'm just wondering, I have a son and he is off to school next year. Um, yep. Just trouble with legs, he just keeps pointing to legs. He's in a wheelchair, he's wheelchair bound yeah. and, and can't walk. Lizzie Rose predicted that the Burnley Tunnel would be closed and warned of possible fatalities. <laughs> sacred space here in this tunnel. I want to be able to cleanse that. Being a witch was a choice of mine. Being a psychic wasn't a choice. It is a gift. Hello everyone, I'm Sauce. Hello, I'm Sandy. It's time to head into the tunnels and talk about Lizzie Rose. So good. We have had so many requests to cover Lizzie. And so here it is, listeners. I actually put out a word to some hardcore Lizzie watchers and I've had a blast going through everyone's favourite Lizzie moments. Lizzie has fans? Well, kind of, sort of, but not really. And I'm not too sure myself. While I don't have any issues with witchcraft or psychics, I imagine most people have had a psychic reading at least once in their lives. I'm not so sure about Lizzie. So let's get into it. So the intro to today's episode is actually from Lizzie's Witch in the City TV show pilot. I actually can't believe that that show was never made. Um, I also can't believe just how much Lizzie Rose content that we've had to watch in the past couple of weeks. Yes, so much content. I actually would have watched that TV show had they made it. It would be the perfect TV show to air on Gogglebox just to get the viewers' reactions. I agree. <laughs> but watching Liz in action might have brought a few giggles. She's very much into playing the witch character up for television. So have you been to a psychic sauce? I actually haven't, but my granny in Scotland, she loved them. Always going to the psychic. And after she died, my auntie actually went to my granny's psychic and told who said to her that there was money hidden in my granny's house. So my cousins went through everything. And of course, they did find some money in the airing cupboard. So I don't know. Mm. I mean, a lot of people of her generation did that. But maybe if they hadn't gone to the psychic, they might not have looked. Mm. I don't know, I guess. That's Yeah, well... The skeptic side of me rationalises that they might have found it at some point as lots of elderly hid money in their homes. But I kind of sometimes wonder if that is how it works. At times, they put the message out there that you'll meet a tall, dark and handsome man and that's who you then look out for. <laughs> you make it come true. <laughs> Your blonde-haired, blue-eyed, surfy soulmate who would have made a great partner now likes out. I've been to a psychic before and had my palms read. She did say I would travel overseas and I did. She also said that my children would be close in age, but I have like a 10-year gap. So 
I'm 50-50 on it all. But when I was in my teenage years, I was a bit of a Lizzie Rose myself. I had witchcraft books, cast spells, dabbled in Ouija boards. (laughs) But didn't we all though? I feel like we all did back then. It was the 1990s after all. It was the days of the craft movie and it became a bit of a thing. I remember once casting a spell that a friend of the family would find a car and she did and it was almost exactly what I had envisioned. But in hindsight, it was a shitty car and I probably should have conjured her up a better one. Still, I thought that was pretty remarkable, but like the majority of people, I was only in it because I thought it was interesting and cool, but I didn't stick with it and it was just a phase I went through at the time. But there is a community out there that hold the belief in the power of witchcraft and it is growing. The 2016 census showed 15,219 people believed in paganism, increasing to 18,625 in 2021, and 6,616 people who were Wiccan increased to 7,786 in 2021. However, it is noted by some that their community is rife with scammers and charlatans who are using their craft as a way to make money money from the vulnerable and recruit people into their circles to exploit them. It was stated to me by members of this community that a solid 90% likely would fall into this category, but that is not the true way of witchcraft and how it was ever actually intended. In fact, they are secretive and fiercely protective of their craft and that for them, witchcraft and the act of ritual brings peace and grounding to them. I respect this. There are aspects of spirituality, religion and wellness that can have positive healing benefits and people are free to have beliefs that fulfill them. But not at the cost of others, these beliefs do attract predatory people who want to take advantage of the vulnerable, damaged people who seek out these alternative ways for healing. The witchcraft community have publicly come out against Lizzie Rose and have stated that she does not represent them in any way and that in fact she exemplifies everything you should watch out for when looking for someone using witchcraft and the like to gain personality from it. For example, Lizzie claims she's a 17th degree eclectic witch, but according to people in the community, that doesn't even exist she's just made it up there have also been accusations and complaints about lizzie's services we can't speak to this ourselves as we're not in the community and have not used lizzie for services but there is a facebook page order of the witch where people who have experienced liz's questionable ways have spoken up about her in an effort to warn others we do recommend checking out that page if you're interested in learning more lizzie's own son dylan has a video series on there where he talks openly about the issues he had with his mum. <laughs> oh yeah he sure does if you're on facebook go check it out it's actually pretty intense he calls her right out and given what he says about his upbringing he's bloody right to plus i think he got a little bit of personality from his mum because he's really funny so go check it out and show dylan some love and support that would have been really hard to do so Let's go to the beginning. Lizzie says she grew up on a potato farm in Mount Gambier and claims she was gifted with her psychic abilities from a very young age, much to the dismay of her mum, who was a Seventh-day Adventist and certainly didn't approve of her witchy interest, believing it to be the work of Satan. When she was just nine years old, she cast her first spell that the school bus would not arrive to collect her And when the bus didn't turn up, Lizzie realised she could change the universe with her mind. What an amazing power to have. 
Imagine the good work that you could do. You could solve world hunger, stop people dying from COVID, make Dan Andrews resign if you so badly wanted him to, or cast a protection spell to get rid of bad neighbours and use your powers to cast spells on eBay items to make sure yours is the winning bid. Great use of those special powers, Lizzie. Lizzie's teenage years are a little bit fuzzy as her retailing has been a little inconsistent, but basically she left school at a very young age, maybe 12, and had her first son very young, possibly 14 years old maybe, one of five boys. Things get a little bit personal here, but it has come out publicly from her second son, Dylan, that he actually felt abandoned by his mum at a young age, maybe one year old, and their relationship is very strained. Uh, He made it pretty clear he does not condone his mum's eccentric ways. Yeah, there is definitely a theme of family rift between the awakened and their family members. But in this case, this goes way back and it harkens to some turbulent times for Lizzie in her formative years and subsequently some troubling times for her sons or Dylan at least. So Lizzie decided to pursue a career in the mystical realm, becoming self-proclaimed Australian celebrity psychic Lizzie Rose. But no surprise here, listeners, the earliest video we actually found was back in her wannabe actress days. So we've got another actor. Actors and real estate agents, they are everywhere. Anyway, here's her reel. I just spoke to Andrew Wally and he reckons he saw you at the Royal Tenant at 9 o'clock having a good old session on the boat. He's a liar. Is he? Because if I have to check their security cameras and come back again, I won't be happy. Yes, I went down the pub for a bit. Why'd you lie about it? Look, I didn't know where he was. He's probably off screwing some whore. So I'm sorry if I don't want to share that with you. From the actor's reel, it doesn't appear she got any gigs portraying anything else other than her witch persona. And despite her failed attempt at her reality TV show, this persona did lead to multiple appearances on mainstream programs such as Viceland, The Project and A Current Affair, where she was featured as a mother who performs exorcism and The Block, where she gave the Gatwick Hotel a reading, claiming the first person to die there died of suicide. Given the history of this building, I think that is probably a good guess. Not to be swayed, Lizzie created her own content by always having someone holding a camera on her and documenting her witchy adventures. Eight years ago, she created a travel blog series of videos capturing her travels around the States, visiting healers and sacred sites. In one of her videos, she visited Laurie Bruno, a hereditary high priestess and elder of the Sicilian Stregoline of the craft of the wise, founder and head mother of our Lord and Lady of Trinacrian Rose Church in Salem. I tell you what, these people love giving themselves titles, I can tell you that. That was a bit of a mouthful. (laughs) That interview has 46,000 views on YouTube as it appears Laurie is actually a bit of a big deal. Not much can shut Lizzie up, but Laurie definitely did. Lizzie was actually like she was in the presence of genuine royalty. She also travelled around Victoria recording interviews and just generally talking about herself. One of the funniest ones involves a visit to Sale back in 2016. Lizzie had stopped off to have a little bit of morning tea and when she left the coffee shop she noticed that the clock in the centre of town wasn't working so of course she headed over there to do some investigation. She did a quick reading and discovered it was haunted by the person who used to be in charge of ringing the bells. This person was apparently confused and just would not stop ringing those bells. This is not where you belong. This is not the church. 
There's a gentleman that's associated with this clock when it used to be in a church or near a church, it's something to do with a church. It's not this land, it's not this particular building, but he was literally the old bell pullers with the rope and his duties and responsibilities was to ring the bell. And he's very confused. He's somehow attached to this clock. I'm trying to find out his name. There's a lot of nauseousness in the tummy with him, um, a feeling of stomach cancer. And, um, but just a sweet old man who believes that it's his job to still ring this clock and he's very confused about why it's here, why it's in this particular position or location in the town and why it's in this building. So um, as you can hear, it's sort of stuck chiming and it just won't stop chiming. A little bit irregular, he chimes a little bit then stops. Come on, you can chime. Show us your soul, show us who you are, tell us your name. Come on. He's also confused about the electrical. There's something to do with the electrics, the mechanics, if you like, of the modern day clock. And it's all very confusing to him. So this is displaced energy. It's very confused energy. <laughs> the look on her face when the bells just stopped ringing at that point, it was very, very funny. Uh, she did go back a week later. Maybe the scones were just so amazing that she had to go back and have some more. I don't know, but she did give an update on the clock and you be the judge. Did Lizzie fix it? It's Lizzie Rose here. I'm down at the sale clock tower again. It was about a week ago today. I walked out of Wild Honey Cafe and noticed that it was 5.30 hour time, but it was 3.03 on the sale clock tower. Investigated and found there was a combination of human error, if you like, and delay with the actual winding of the clock. Evidently somebody forgot to wind it, but also there was a spirit in the tower, in with the clock. And there's a very confusing energy still here as the wind picks up around us and storm clouds gather. So we did ask that the clock be reset and it was. Popped in to see Bruce Arnup, the local antique dealer. Lovely old man who's been here for many, many years. And he smiled and said to me, do you know what? Ever since you've done whatever you've done, it's all quiet. You must have fixed it. The time is correct and has been ever since. And um, everything seems to be really peaceful and really quiet. Well, according to Lizzie, she did. But you and I worked out the issues of this reading. First off, this clock tower replaced the previous clock tower that was situated at the Sale Post Office. It wasn't a church. That was actually built in 1884, but demolished in 1963 after a fire at the post office. So when this clock tower was built in 1988, the original mechanics of the first clock tower were used in the new one. So Lizzie's confused spirit, who was the bell puller, being confused by the updated mechanics of the modern clock, doesn't make sense. And sure, the church was nearby. It's a township. There were churches near post offices in just about every town back then. And the fact of the matter is that the clock was going haywire because someone forgot to wind it. <laughs> the reason it was quiet after she left is the town bloody made sure they kept up with the maintenance <laughs> on that clock to ensure they didn't spook the travelling psychic and deal with that nonsense ever again. <laughs> One thing for Lizzie is she's a top shelf promoter and will always direct you to all of her work, such as podcasts that she's been interviewed on, obscure podcasts that you probably hadn't heard about. But we listened to them and found this bit interesting. And I think you will too. Here she is on a podcast called Scars and Guitars in 2017. Tricky things that are just unbelievable. So, you know, I have over the, the course of this career seen lots of different things. 
And um, I'd say probably the most scariest would be anything to do with psych hospitals, um, criminally insane institutions, particularly left dormant, the older the better for activity. Um, you know, a lot of institutions that are sort of closed down and untouched for 80, 90 years, if not longer, and um, have had repeated patterns of hundreds or if not thousands of people abused over a long period of time. Um, that is when you would have the, the most scary situations, um, generally, sort of speaking, if I look at look back at my cases. So, you know, that's... Um, you, you're also in, of course, buildings or places or underground that is very hard to get out of. So I think it's more, you know, yeah, thinking of the logistics there of just, you know... I, I've had security go with me to certain... Um, cases and, and I turn around and they've gone, they've taken off, they've ran, you know, these big burly men and they're just running up <laughs> hills and stuff to get away because of what they've seen. Um, and so it is scary in that degree because you can be locked into places, I've been locked in tombs, locked in cemeteries, locked in graves. Really? Um, Jeez, yeah. Yeah, so that's scary more from not the demonic side of things but just, you know, will this situation take my life, you know, will I not be able to breathe or, you know, not Yeah, the claustrophobia of it would be horrendous, to be frank. I mean, I yeah. suffer from claustrophobia and I went on an MRI machine only a couple of months back and it was one of the worst things I've ever been through and that was a bloody MRI machine, so I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be locked in a tomb. It, absolutely, and I agree. I had that MRI experience and I don't like it either. It's it, And I am claustrophobic and I'm scared of heights and scared of... Um, you know, being, again, like in tunnels or anything that's closed and you can't... Be... So I've got the extremes there that I just genuinely fear, nothing to do with demons, but add a, a demonic entity or, or, you know, a haunting. Yeah, and it can be, um, you know, because you're obviously you're thinking about your own life and your exit point and, you know, reducing the panic, but at the same time you're dealing with something that's otherworldly. And I, I've been warned too, that, that brings me to um, think of certain situations where I've been... Um, warned from the other world, the other side, to get out, to stop doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, if I keep going, you will, you will be removed. Locked in tombs and graves and too claustrophobic for tunnels. Hmm. Hang on to that thought, Sandy. Okay. <laughs> there is so much Lizzie content out there, too much content, which is why this episode really has taken so long. It was hard work to work out what was actually interesting and what was just stuff. Another couple of things worth talking about, though. Back in 2007, Lizzie performed a cleansing ritual at the entrance to the Burnley Tunnel following a horrific traffic accident and fire. And then in 2018, she posted a tribute to the family of Heath Ledger to let them know that he hadn't taken his own life and that she was in regular contact with him. Tick tock, you're on the clock. Now you've created a disaster. Tick Talk, the time to stop. Now you've lost your master. Wake up, Australia. Wake up, Daniel. You're on the clock. And it's only a matter of time before all of you resign. So, mote it be. That one is one of my all-time favourite clips. That she, she brings the drama. So it's 2020 and the novel coronavirus hits. 
Now things will really get strange. This is where Lizzie brings her unique style to the anti-COVID, anti-vaccine movement, seeing her incorporate the mystical and mash it up with some QAnon, satanic ritual abuse and political anti-Dan rhetoric. From aura readings showing vaccine adverse reactions to cursing Dan Andrews, willing him to fall down the stairs. Yep, that was Lizzie apparently. And willing an abducted child to be returned to his parents. The Lizzie show is something to behold. We need a medical certificate if you guys aren't wearing a mask. I actually don't need a medical certificate if you refer you to the DH. No, I'm allowed to do this. That's and you're discriminating I'm not, against no me. We're all just trying to all be in this together. We're, we all have all to in what together? I actually don't. And you're not authorised by the Australian government to even question me about it. It's a condition of entry of our forest. Then that's discrimination problem. and I can have you sued personally for discriminating against me as a woman. The voice you just heard is Kerry Nash, the actual Bunnings Karen who all the way back in July 2020 started talking about being a living woman and refusing whether people could ask to see mask exemptions. Not to be outdone, Lizzie decided to have her look at my moment and headed off to Bunnings the following day. So here I am in Bunnings and I have a medical exemption for being here and shopping here and yet they're threatening to call the police on me and ask me to leave. Okay, because as far as they're concerned, my medical exemption um, is irrelevant and it's actually not. As we know, I have every legal right to protect my health and myself. And I am exempt and I have all the documents to prove it. So let's see what happens. All I needed to do was get a couple of other things anyway. So we'll see, eh guys? Okay, let's just see. All I wanted was soil and a few more pots and we're ready to go. There they are. So here's my pots, and I have um, a person accompanying me here. It's not a bogus piece of paper, it's a legitimate piece of paper. I would not have a bogus piece of paper. So the man is on the phone now to the police, he's calling the police. Despite the fact that I'm actually here shopping, I'm a paying customer, which is my right. This is why I told you make sure you've got your medical certificate on you. Because you can say, I do not comply and I do not consent, and I believe that my health is at risk and I have a right, and they can say, we're not listening to you, which is what just happened to me, and they can then threaten you to call police on you. We'll be approaching the counter now to see if they'll accept my money. Remember, this is about being a cashless society and there's a whole other agenda here. So let's see what happens. Okay, so we're just going to go through the checkout. Sorry, I so feel, I have four large pots. I feel, do you have a, do you speak to someone about the face mask? Yeah, yeah, I'm exempt. Yeah. I'm happy to show you. It's within my legal rights not to have to show you because I've got a medical reason for being exempt. Yeah, sure. uh, but I'm happy to show you because you've been quite pleasant to me. No worries. Yeah. Just don't record me, please, in the private area. Okay, okay, well, then you've got my private information, so I'd ask for you to give it back. Okay, so yeah. in order for me to serve you, condition of entry is to wear a mask, and that's why I'm asking for this. Yeah, if you're, if you're exempt, so you don't have to. So exactly. I'm quite happy just to and get my things and to exactly. go. 
and I don't need to be recording you. This is a private area. I'm not recording you. I'm recording you're myself. You're only recording me. I'm recording myself. But you're recording me as well. But you work here, and I have every right to protect myself after what just yes, happened down there. That's fine, but I okay. don't want to be Can I just pay for yeah. my things? I just don't want to be recorded because yeah. it's a private area, and yeah. you're breaking the law by recording me. Oh, okay, yeah, you okay. Are. So you're, you're, property. yeah, okay. So. But I'm here proving to you no that I have every right to be here. So can yeah, I just no pay way. for my things? Can I just can I just do that? Yeah. We'll stop the recording for a yeah, moment, all right? Because this man's going to um, accept my payment. In Lizzie's physio, however, she walks up and down every aisle, staring at the workers, almost demanding that they come and tell her to wear a mask. Eventually, she gets her way. She gets the footage that she wants, and our freedom star is born. Never one to miss an opportunity. Imagine how happy she must have been when the Today Show came knocking. Numbers are not true. And despite, you know, the virus being, I believe, biochemically engineered yes. intentionally. Mm -hmm. And and I will say, because I know you're going you're gonna to ask me about the mask, right? You're going to ask me about why did I wear a mask for one day for about four hours a few months ago? And then I wore a mask about a month ago when I was having my eyelashes done. A good point. Okay? The recent mask was a choice. Yeah, it was a choice. And this is my point. I did that to prove a point. It's about choice. If you want a mask, that's up to do you. The elderly, can I just ask you, Lizzie, do the elderly in aged care to. homes, do the elderly in aged care homes, now 700 of them affected with COVID, do they have a choice? The answer is but no. is it COVID? You know, is it COVID? How do you know it's COVID? Why is it that everybody that is dying this year diagnosed. in 2020 What was is your medical degree again? Death? Sorry? I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I worked as a medic, okay? And I did, obviously uh, quite a while ago, not when COVID was around. When did you work as a medic? But I'm telling medic? you right now, the statistics are wrong. When did you work as a uh, medic? Last time was about four years ago. Because I've got here that you're a professional psychic. It was about four psychic. years ago last time. Are you a medic or a psychic? Yes. Yeah, I've been a professional psychic, a working psychic since I was nine years old. I started psychic readings See, and for the public from the I age of 12 I think the issue is you, you, you deliberately went into that place. You deliberately went into that place to antagonise workers who are literally just trying to do their bit for the country right no, now, trying to protect no, other people no, from passing on this killer virus, which not. is what it is. Um, you, you have and espouse no. all these weird, wacko beliefs, and unfortunately there are people out there who are going to believe you and who are going okay. to side with you, and that's just irresponsible in the current climate. It's just irresponsible. You know okay. what? I can't so even my, listen to you anymore. I'm so just sorry. Can I put it to you, Carl? I can't even listen to you. I, can, I can't put it to you. You can't listen to me. Nah. That my I have a medical. No, nah. it's it's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I, I thought we'd I thought we'd in some way, shape, or form get to a reasonable um, um, excuse as to why she was doing that. Otherwise, mm. we wouldn't have got her in the first place. There's no reasonable explanation. None. For the rest of us, we laughed and thought, silly Lizzie. But for Lizzie, this was a leg up into the movement and she was going to capitalise on it. McDonald's burgers were being spread out in the crowd today. And I told fucking Arby, because he's like, oh, I love my double pounder or quarter, quarter pounder, whatever they're called. I don't eat the shit. I said to him, you're eating human remains. Particularly if you bought it from Mentone or Morty Alec. We know human remains are in the beef fucking patties. And if you research, you'll see the elders of this world state this in their videos, that they laugh at the people of the world because they've made them fucking carnivores in the sense of a daily 
disgusting habit of what they're eating. They've created this dependency on human meat. And they laugh about it and they say it. They don't hide it. So it is real. Lizzie had clearly been getting into some rabbit holes for a while, it seems. It actually appears she may have been into QAnon prior to COVID. She had a truther Facebook page called The Illuminating Army for the awake and all of them. But back then they all did until they all got taken down one by one due to the utter nonsense they posted on there. But that was censorship and they were taken down because these people knew too much, right? We got an example of Lizzie's research not long after her Bunnings gimmick when she appeared on Jeff O'Toole's alternative media talk show We Are Change on YouTube. It's still up if you ever want to go and listen to it. It's over an hour of those two just repeating every conspiracy that was out there at the time about the pandemic, Freemasons, all of it. But we've got a few snippets for you. But just to give you some visual, Lizzie is doing her interview sitting next to Jeff holding a witch's broomstick. So yeah, she came with props, which was very funny. Let's jump off the deep end and go straight back to that claustrophobic story and Lizzie's adventures into the tunnels below Melbourne. And we learn a thing or two about what Dan Andrews has been up to. So I've actually been down to the Melbourne tunnels, different Melbourne tunnels around them locations on 10 occasions now. I've seen body parts of children, multiple children. I've also been to the docks and seen, I'd say hundreds, but there was probably thousands, I don't know, because it was a little bit of a distance, but there was body after body after bag, after chain, after rack, after cage. Mm being thrown onto a shipping container. There was multiple shipping containers there, but I'm assuming they filled all of them. I seen one. Um, I heard noises of children still wailing. It's very emotional to talk about. Mm. Um, And they look like um, what I see experienced, like charred little remains and very deformed. So I'm telling you this is real. And I'm telling you that uh, for anybody who's watching who's saying release the footage when it's right, when it's safe to do so, and I mean safe legally, because I don't want to just release something and then I remember I'm speaking to lawyers and barristers and they say, Lizzie, you aired it or you released a photo and now it can't be used as evidence in court. Okay, and I've been advised because of those reasons, I can't share certain things. I have a photo of Daniel Andrews dressed in a red and black robe, standing with seven other people dressed the same around an altar, a cement slab, if you like, with a baby crying, moving. There's a few like in images. You can see the child's alive. I don't know what happened after that. I wasn't able to see whether he was killed. This It was a male child, um, but I know what I know and there is no disputing it is Daniel Andrews, Daniel Michael Andrews. Almost two years later and it appears it is still unsafe for Lizzie to release the footage of the body parts she captured in the Melbourne tunnels. I hope the children were not relying on Lizzie Rose to expose them and have them rescued because if they were, they're dead now. <laughs> Sorry kids. <laughs> Ah, but the footage isn't needed. The children were saved. Must have been the white hats or the dark lawyers she claims to have access to because the celebrities are sure getting hungry. People wouldn't think to what's happening underground is taking place. And it's been reported there's been explosions underground and some children have been released. Yes. There isn't uh, too much substantial proof, but what is being brought to light is reassuring isn't it? The rescues, 
The child trafficking is happening on an industrial scale. We've seen this with the adrenochrome harvesting. Yeah. We've seen the erratic behaviour being displayed by celebrities. It looks like they're ageing rapidly okay. and very chaotic and out of control behaviour, mood swings. Mm -hmm. And that's all symptoms of adrenochrome withdrawal, isn't it? Yeah. But in September 2020, two months before the interview with Jeff, Lizzie claimed she had the documents from police that stated an ex-Prime Minister was a pedophile and attempted to show Dan Andrews' office these, these documents. She live-streamed it at the time, but it was taken down and we couldn't find it anywhere. But in our next clip, she discusses it with Jeff. And just a side note here, Lizzie has not produced those documents as far as we could tell. We looked, but... If only Karen Brewer knew to simply ask Lizzie for the unredacted documents, she could have saved a lot of people the trouble of standing at gates <laughs> making demands. People who are still doing this every day over one year, mind you, they just celebrated their one year anniversary. Apparently, Lizzie had them this whole time. These things are happening, it's real. Paul John Keating is a pedophile, a necromancer. He has killed multiple, probably thousands of young boys, just one example. Mm. Rachel Vaughan, Fiona Barnett, yes, you know, we've I've got... had them on the show yeah. and it's yeah. jaw-dropping some of the information that's been released yeah. and they need to be charged and prosecuted and face some type of even public execution. Absolutely. For that. that is uh, unspeakable. It is. The atrocious crimes that are being committed, the children being harmed, they need to be rescued. And if the public knew mm. just the level of evil that is taking place, they wouldn't be in support of any of these governments and That's we'd see right. an uprising immediately, yeah. wouldn't we? Yes, yeah. And, and I think it was Bill Heffernan, wasn't it, in his speech where yes. he said um, the judge ruling over that whole situation, the, the reason 90-year suppression order was issued was because of the words the people would lose confidence in the government and the structures of parliament if they knew the truth. That just, yeah. that's mine, you know, it just, I just can't even, I just, yeah. You, you know, it's disgusting. Yeah, absolutely. Compliments on your research for that because sometimes it is very disturbing, but to look into it and educate others and you've provided valuable coverage to attending some of these lodges on Facebook as well. Yes. And giving a breakdown of what's taking place and people should be concerned and aware. Yes. More people are starting to turn on this Andrews. They realise the roadmap. He's not to be trusted whatsoever. They even graffitied his yes. building, didn't they, yes. his office? they did. And that was on the Friday, and I last Friday, and I went there on the Saturday um, because the news reported that it had all been cleaned up, and it had been cleaned up. But, um, I mean, I had a meeting with either him or a representative of him that was arranged by phone and email, and I've got confirmation of that conversation. Of course, I didn't expect him to turn up, but the point was mm. I've got extracts of the police documents. I don't have all the police documents. I have certain extracts, which everybody's saying release. I can't release yet because I've been advised legally not to, mm. because we obviously... It's not about me saying, oh, I've got this intelligence. It's about our end game of making these people pay. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why I'm doing this. That's why I'm speaking out, not because of my name or what, you know, it's yeah. about, and I just have mind boggled that they just don't show up to these appointments to yeah. look at police documents where a prime minister was a pedophile and it's the police that have stated this, not me. Yeah. And they just go, oh, crickets. God, Jeff makes me laugh. When he starts getting on a ramble, he sounds like a robot that's malfunctioning or something. <laughs> and Lizzie saying, I had a meeting with him or a representative of him. 
what one was it? I think you'd know if you'd met with Dan. Look, most of the time, Lizzie just opens her mouth, lets words fall out. She just tries to shoehorn as many references to things or people that she thinks will generate some clicks or turn her into some matriarch of the movement. In this clip, she has George Soros as one of the founding members of the Fabian Society. I mean, I don't know, unless the bloke's a vampire, I'm pretty sure he'd be dead given it was founded in 1884. They make these secret oaths that the public just isn't aware of. Yeah. Isn't it? That's why they yeah. cover each other. Yeah. And it goes right back. Yes. Sorry, Jeff, right back to the royal family, right mm -hmm. back to, you know, going deep state we're talking George George Soros is listed as part of the founding members of the Fabian Society which and they list there that it, it, it's, it's detailed <laughs> so it's obvious I laugh because it's in our face this is not hidden you know mm. that um, he suggests that it's important to worship Moloch yeah. right it's Absolutely. important to have child sacrifices this is on just Google Fabian Society and go down the rabbit hole and you will see where he states, or somebody stated in his name, but he agrees, right, that we do worship Moloch and Baal and we do, they are child sacrificial gods and we, we are at liberty, we're like, we must, it's like a justification, we must actually sacrifice. She also explains why she wore a mask earlier in 2020 and what the coronavirus <laughs> told her about its creation. Yes, you heard that right. Don't worry, you're not hearing things. What people do say to me in March, um, so I'll raise this with you, in March I wore a mask and mm -hmm. I copped a lot of flack over this and a lot of people will always say, explain, explain. In March I wore a mask and gloves for four hours <laughs> on one day. That was it in mm -hmm. March. And I put up a big post at the time on my Insta and Facebook saying I support, you know, doctors. And it was mm -hmm. all about you must be protected and you must be covered. Because in March in Victoria, Australia, where I live, they were spraying coronavirus. They really? were spraying it out of planes. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we did all the chemtrails, we checked all the chemtrails in the area. You could smell, and thousands of people spoke to me about this online over the over a month or so, of uh, you could smell and taste and feel metallic energy yeah. in the air. You could feel like you walk outside, you see a plane, 10 minutes later you were sneezing, like you just caught a flu, yeah. you know, when you feel yes. heady and you've got a bit of temperature. Yeah. Like it was, I did channelings on it. I, I even my elderly mother, she was like she could feel it, and she's not um, supportive of psychic ability at all. And she's like, I think you're actually right. And so at that time in March, which is a long time ago, you know, six mm -hmm. or so months ago, it I believed there was a release. I seen it. I channeled the coronavirus. It told me it was intentionally created by a man, particularly. Mm -hmm. There were many people, but there was a man and it was created, it was released, and it was released in different pockets of the world and it was mutated a little bit. And it was March, just so happened to be March in Victoria, Australia, where we copped our first aerated dose of it. Mm. And that is why at that time I said, yes, it is real, because it is. You know, yes, you need to protect yourself. Yes, if I go even outside in my backyard, people were saying, you're gardening, will you wear a mask? And I said, yes, because I'm also near the airport where they're spraying. Mm -hmm. So, right. you know, just to explain that, that. That is a precautionary measure to take because yeah. we know the chemtrail program is real. They are spraying. It's an aerial assault that's yes. taking place and all the particles that are falling to the earth. It does create flu-like symptoms. Yes. And it also creates a lot of aggression in people, we see a lot of domestic disturbances. Yes. People were happy and harmonious. And then after the spraying starts, yes. about an hour later, 
people are irritated, agitated, and yeah. turning on one another. Yeah. Now, this is common. People have yes. reported this, and it's, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence to suggest yes. this as well. The interview goes on and on with a whole lot of waffle, but they discuss masks, Freemasons, children in tunnels, but nothing about the vaccine yet. This was 2020, a bit before the vaccines became the hot topic we see today, which is actually a little bit surprising, to be honest, because Jeff is an anti-vaxxer whose show dates back to 2018, where he discusses medical tyranny, the power of hemp, and even had an interview with the legendary Smoking Joe. Right. So we have another true anti-vaxxer pushing the anti-vax narrative pre-COVID. In 2019, he was charged with impersonating an official when he walked into a clinic and demanded they remove posters advertising vaccines. That case is still before the courts, but he has had the help of Peter Little and apparently spiritual lawyer, as... Lizzie calls him, Bevan Reese James. They all share the same lawyers. It's actually quite funny. The other thing of note is that Lizzie mentions Serene Tefaha because she was promoting the class action Serene was putting together at the time when she was still a licensed lawyer, that is. But also Rachel Vaughan. Rachel Vaughan is instrumental in spreading the satanic ritual abuse phenomena. These two women just got involved in the Grace Hughes saga. The web and the connections grow. So while we may hear this and immediately recognise this is too far-fetched and obvious that it isn't true, true. Many people within the satanic ritual abuse pedophile fantasist faction of the movement really do believe this. And even despite the fact that it has been two years since Lizzie and Jeff recycled these tropes, these themes continue to be bandied about in freedom circles and actually look like they're building momentum. Get your fucking drone out of here, Big Pole. Get your drone out of here, mate. Get rid of it. We are friendly. You you know what? You want to tell a message? Tell Daniel Andrews to come here. Is it? Well, then listen in, Daniel Andrews, because you'll be listening. Come here. Speak to your people. John Setka, speak to your people. Okay, let's pick it up a bit. Lizzie attached herself to the periphery of the Melbourne protest movement, live streaming her adventures along with everyone else. And I used to love watching her live streams. No one can throw shade like Lizzie does not care. She says what she wants, when she wants, from right at the front too. Like she doesn't stream from the back. She would give running commentaries on the speakers and you knew who she liked and who she didn't because if she doesn't like you, she will heckle you hard We just heard her before yelling at a drone. She yelled at street cameras. No inanimate objects were safe from Lizzie and her fury. It was a bit sad because Lizzie was VIP. She had a documentary crew, had access to all the secret documents and exclusive footage, was given special intel and the extra stuff too. She could channel and had special spiritual powers. High priestess, eclectic witch, 17th degree, ordained minister. (laughs) She had main character energy, but no one took her seriously. She expressed her frustration that Harrison and the crew would not let her or anybody else speak about the pedophiles and satanic ritual abuse, that they didn't allow Brian Shaw to get up and speak about charging Dan Andrews, and she was angry that they were cultivating an image of the protest by approving which banners could be held and which ones couldn't. It appears all the talk of tunnels and casting spells meant that the freedom movement didn't take her seriously. Seriously, either. 
No, whatever you read about me, I'm not an undercover anything or a shill or whatever that bullshit. I'm Lizzie Rose. <laughs> and I've been. No, 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 no. How am I making you look crazy? You are making all of us look crazy. Okay. I'd love to be on camera saying this, and I hope you play it right from the start. This is live. This is live. For 18 months, you've been making us look like loopy, batshit, crazy people. The whole movement. Oh, really? Wait, we're all sticking together as one, yeah? We're not apart. Stop, stop, man. Stop. Leave me alone, mate. We're here for human rights and we're here for truth. And that's it, mate. Everybody has a right to their opinion, but we're all here for human rights today. For equality, yeah? For no mandates. That's why I'm here. Every day, every day, every day, every day. Some people are really old, aren't they? <laughs> That was Lorraine Prattley having a go at Lizzie at the protest at the Shrine last year. Lorraine was one of the few self-proclaimed lefties in the movement who was friends with Brendan McKenna. Jack did an interview with Brendan for one of his articles in The Australian last year. Brendan caused a few waves, outing many of the leaders and influencers in the movement, even though he was actually part of it himself. And Lorraine wasn't afraid to call Lizzie out either. We loved Brendan's research. He's gone quiet these days, but the stuff he found out was next level. If he ever listens to this, hats off to you, Brendan. But my favourite Lizzie Rose moment was when she burnt the Chinese flag. Not the act of burning the flag. I think it's disrespectful and certainly don't condone that. But the fact she was doing it while casting a spell. See, Lizzie had a lot of issues with the CCP. The CCP was basically the deep state. She threatened to burn the flag on the steps of Parliament House or find somewhere that would be significant significant a spot for her to really make a point. She ended up doing it in a fire pit in what looked to be her backyard. <laughs> so no grand display or ritual eventuated, but we still got a performance. The rules come from the top down. George Soros, Bill Gates, Chinese Communist Party, Rothschilds, Rockefellers, her Majesty the Queen of England, the Fabian Society of Freemasonry. I know, and those who are awake know, we see all, and here and now, it is done. You are finished in this state. We will not succumb to your tyranny. We will burn out all that divides. We will not be under the rule of communism. Not now, not ever. So you may as well take down your concentration camps. Abolish your QR codes. Stop forcibly testing people and encouraging them to be tested with a PCR test that cannot, cannot identify coronavirus. The inventor of the PCR test has stated this himself before you killed him off. You are being tricked and deceived, Australia. The world is being tricked and deceived. The Indian government has come out and stated there is no Indian variant. There are no mutations. This is a lie. This is against your consent. And you have no right 
to override universal law. For God and Goddess is bigger and greater than all laws of any land that man decides to create and manifest. Sato Aripo Opere Tenant Hail for I invoke thee. Chinese communism dies here on this day, in this time, in this hour, in Victoria, Australia, in its state of Melbourne. We cast you out. For it is done. It is done. It is done. How's your ears? We probably should have warned listeners to turn the volume down for that one. You sure won't be left without entertainment when you have a freedom-fighting witch in the movement. And Lizzie's magical spin to everything certainly makes things interesting. We can give her that. One of my favourite Lizzie moments features another well-known character. It was during the Kill the Bill vigil on Parliament steps. The Governor, Linda, has stated yeah. that we are finally taken over and that her hands are tied. She said this to me. Did she say her it personally to you? Personally to me. Foreign takeover, the, go- the Governor told you that? Yes. Wow. Wow! Yes. When did you talk to her? Nearly two weeks ago. How did you get to speak to her? About two minutes. How did you get to speak to her? So she was coming out of her gate. Oh wow! I recorded for two minutes. I caught it on audio. Oh wow! And she very calmly said, "We are foreignly owned. This is a takeover, and my hands are tied." When I said, "I cannot believe she said that to you." She said that to me, and there was witnesses. Oh wow! She said it very calmly and very quickly, and that was it. I was going to come round the other side and make sure you could hear me, but um, I just buggered that up. No, this I can't. is what I've been talking about. That I've told the organisers this. I've told you know, Harris and the NFR that we need to announce this. We need to call them out. Because wow. if the governor's saying that, we're all here expecting Daniel Andrews to leave. If she can't put in the next, if she can't call no. for the next, what's, well, why is it tied? CCP, mm. George Soros, yep. etc.? Speaking of Parliament steps, Lizzie has undertaken rituals on the steps and used her platform to call out her loyal followers for supplies. What happens when a witch runs out of supplies? There is so much going on. I am on my way to um, pay a visit to one of our politicians and uh, I have a couple of kilos of chicken hearts with me and I'm also looking for blood. I mean that in the sense anybody who works at an abattoir's or has access to a butcher's where there's blood. I visited a few butchers and they actually don't have blood. Um, so I need to, yeah, I need to speak to somebody who has blood um, from an abattoir's. I'm not saying human blood, I'm saying animal blood. Now I'm a vegetarian, so I'm against any sort of violence when it comes to animals and um, just the fact that I'm carrying chicken hearts is really quite distressing for me. However, it's part of the ritual that I need. I need blood. I need six liters, ideally, um, to cast what I'm about to cast. So anybody there that uh, has that sort of contact, please let me know. And while incorporating all the usual stuff about depopulation, Lizzie had her own unique spin. Just simplify this. This isn't a vaccination. This is an experiment. 
intentionally designed to kill you or maim you or depopulate part of the world in, in pockets of the world more so than others, right? And also to sterilize you. Now, I also want to talk about the viral shedding. So with that vaccination again, don't think I'm going to get a vaccination with good ingredients that's going to be put in my body that's going to help my immunity and help my body ward off or stop something nasty from coming into my body. Uh, I, you know, I'm trying to protect myself. I'm trying to protect people. I want to do the right thing. It's not a vaccination. There are not good ingredients going into your body. It is an inoculation experiment. They literally are lining up 2,000 vials and bing, 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 popping deadly stuff in them. And then everyone in 2,000 gets a killer ingredient intentionally to kill you. And these companies that are making this are not liable. They state this. This is not just my rambling here. This is factually on their websites. You can look at it on WHO. You can look at it on the Health Organization of Australia as well. Like, you can speak to these people. Brett Sutton, you need to be taken down. You're Murphy. You need to, like, this has to end, all right? We are not stupid and we will not stand for it. And we cast Daniel Andrews out and believe me, we have a power within us that you are not aware of. And I'm aware of the ritual side of this as well. There was a super blood full moon, right, an eclipse last night. If you look at Melbourne, Victoria particularly, every single time there is a lockdown or a let's just short circuit breaker, a five-day snap of this or snap of that, look at your calendar, your astrological, your numerological, your ritual calendar, and particularly the Chinese, right? what they celebrate at that time. We're having lockdowns and snap this and snap that when it's Chinese New Year, when it's the first new moon of 2021. I could give you about 70 different situations that have happened in the last 18 months through Parliament's projection, if you like, rules, regulations, um, statements that all align specifically on a calendar that is magical. Okay, this is a magical situation that you're in. You are fighting dark and light, and I'm not just talking about some corrupt individuals here and there, you are fighting levels of energy that are a lot higher and darker and manipulative than you can imagine. All right. Now, this is a vaccine reaction I could have added to the last episode, but here's how your body is reacting to the vaccine spiritually. Now, there is a desensitizing that's going on as well with these vaccines and people who are inoculated. I'm seeing a lot of people suddenly feel very run down or very, excuse me, desensitised, like how they were really, really concerned before. They're not really concerned now. And I'm not talking about just because mentally they've had a vaccination and they think they're making people safe. I'm talking at looking at their aura. I am also seeing here, hi, Raylene Gorgeous. I'm also seeing, because I read people's lifelines. I read palmistry. I read auroricly and see the lines and the aura around you and have all my life. And I, I can see your lifeline and I can see your traje trajectory of the year or approximate age that you will die <coughs> excuse me and what I'm noticing is that people who I'm seeing quite regularly say three months ago or six months ago pre-vax right their lifelines are changing 
even their medical history, their future history of 10, 20 or 30 years ahead where I'll see snippets of certain illnesses or disease or things they're going to encounter that they would encounter anyway, depending on their, their life and their health, is greatly magnified and there's more complications. There's more, instead of one illness, there's five or six illnesses in that period of time. The, instead of dying at, say, 87, I'm seeing them die at 72, right? Everything's changing, right? Now, I'm, I'm seeing this a lot. I read all day, nearly every day. I see client after client after client, so, and in varying parts of the world and varying ages, from babies to 90-year-old people to 50-year-olds, all right? So I'm saying across the board, what has been brought to me through in channel, as well as all the facts that we have, is that you, me, are getting sick because other people have had this vaccination and we're close to it, had this experiment, this experimental toxin and we're close to it and also because of that energy of it's sort of moving through that period of time of that person's body so what was intended to happen to them is shifting your timelines are shifting people the age um, and destined death or illness or issues is changing now that is a perspective I never thought of until now lifelines doesn't exactly match up with her claim that vaccinated die within 12 weeks or the claims everyone else makes that it's two to three years from now. You should be seeing some very short lifelines. But I love the psychic spin to all of this. It's very creative. I can imagine that Lizzie Rose in the future will be doing haunted house readings and instead of the usual tropes of this spirit is telling me they were murdered or died in World War One or by suicide, her readings will go something like this now. I'm going to cue some acting skills here and try to channel Lizzie Rose. Okay. I am getting very strong messaging about the spirit who occupies this home. First initial is J. They are telling me that they died of a vaccine adverse reaction. Yes. Okay. It's coming clear to me. They were the recipient of the one in 2000 poison vaccines that I predicted back in 2021. And now they roam the halls of this house because they too believed that the Melbourne protesters were just anti-vaxxers. <laughs> we heed his message and now cast this spirit over to the other side to rest in peace that his death will not be in vain. So mote it be. <laughs> well done. You can join their ranks now. You're one of the actors that we talk <laughs> yeah. about. Silliness aside, here we get back to the bazaar. Remember back in September 2021, there was a story making the rounds on the news about a little autistic boy who went missing in the Hunter Valley. There was a white truck flashed on the telly, missing security video footage, police looking at an abandoned building, looking for clues of an abduction. Yes, I remember that one really well. Alan Hashem is a freedom fighter in Sydney who at the time had created an online platform for people's stories of supposed vaccine injury claims. This one is called Our Voices Matter. If I recall correctly, I believe Maria Z was involved with that at the beginning, but Alan had a connection with this little boy. That's right, Alan was the godfather of AJ Alphalak, the missing boy. And as we have learned with people who carry these beliefs... A vaccine whistleblower speaking out against the government 
a missing child, unexplained missing footage at the prime time the child went missing. What could it possibly be? Let's see what Lizzie told Crime Stoppers, shall we? So what exactly are your concerns? It's just My concerns is that this, this is an operation, this is an actual direct hit, and it's been ordered, and it's been ordered because... Um, and I know for a fact, I know Alan, I've spoken to Alan, he is the neighbour of this child, he was there at the time this happened, and um, he's also the child's godfather, and um, he's created Our Voices Matter, which is yeah. actually a group that, he's interviewing basically people who've had the coronavirus injection and been very, very sick, and others who have died here in Australia, and these are factual cases, and there's thousands of people, so he's left the mainstream media because he has a heart, I guess, and a conscience, and he's got a reporter from Channel 7 who's also left, and together they were going around interviewing people and, you know, and putting stories together to alert the public of the truth. And I know there were threats that were made that basically for him to stop it and to be silent. And I, I know the patterns. I've worked on missing children cases for over 20 years myself in my own business, mm-hmm. and um, not that I'm a police, you know, I don't work with... I'm not working under the police, but I do at times work with the police yep. um, on different cases. Yeah, and I just know the signs and I can tell you 100%. I know that this is a direct hit and it's a diversion. It's basically a warning. You know, you stop, you cease and desist what you're doing, Alan, and the people that are around you, AFL lawyers, etc., cetera, um, who are bringing cases against the Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton, to the government. Um, this is very serious. It's very dark and yeah. it's very dangerous, you know what I mean? And I just, yeah. I, I know being a whistleblower puts your head on the, the slate, so to speak, but mm. they've gone next level now and the Australian people need to know, the Australian public, just how dangerous and corrupt the government is and the level that they'll go to, this poor little boy, why take a little boy? involved the Australian government the Australian government working alongside the CCP the Chinese Communist Party there's lots of deals in place with regards to taking over Australia as a nation particularly Victoria and New South Wales and parts of Queensland from a dictatorship point of view and what's on the table now we're actually at war with this um, from a legal point of view and spiritually and um, this is uh, this is just a pattern they've basically jailed a lot of the activists the lead activists they've put others in mental asylums they have arrested others many are on bail and can't speak others have been threatened that their homes would be destroyed people have been raided and uh, a house has been burnt down and now we have a child that's been abducted yeah so do you think they've taken aj because of alan correct Okay, um, yep. and Alan, who's, what's his surname? So Alan, his surname is Hasham, I believe. Alan Hasham. Um, I'll just make sure I've said that correctly. It's H-A-S-H-E-M, Hasham, 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 sorry, Hasham. Um, and I believe 100% from the intel that I have as well that this is a scare tactic to shut him up Okay. Um, to shut him up and to shut him up from going so public with these victims, and uh, along with the lawyers that are literally going to court, you know, put, submitting courts before the Supreme and then the High Court to actually have um, Brett Sutton, Daniel Andrews, Anastasia Palaszczuk, other members of Parliament actually investigated for crimes against humanity, treason. Um, tyranny, like there's a whole human rights violations. They're talking very, very serious documents. We, yeah, you know. Um, and so, where does Alan live? Next door to this child, like literally across you know the fence. His actual address. 
Hunter Valley. The entire conversation goes for about 15 minutes and bless these people who have to answer calls and deal with people like Lizzie. They stay so patient while Lizzie just completely wastes the time and resources of Crime Stoppers, which is actually a thing. In the US, the National Human Trafficking Hotline Polaris had to put out a statement when their lines were flooded with conspiracy theorists calling them to give information over the whole Wayfair thing. So the whole the Wayfair thing was apparently Wayfair were advertising cabinets where you could order a child to be delivered to you in a cabinet at a hefty price. The name of the cabinet was the name of the child. Anyway, their statement went like this. Over the past several days, the National Human Trafficking Hotline has received hundreds of reports that reference a series of viral posts claiming online retailer Wayfair has been involved in a complex scheme involving sex trafficking of children. While Polaris treats all calls to the trafficking hotline seriously, the extreme volume of these contacts has made it more difficult for the trafficking hotline to provide support and attention to others who are in need of help. It goes on to say this, We strongly encourage everyone to learn more about what human trafficking really looks like in most situations and about how you can help fight trafficking in your own community. There are legitimate organisations out there doing this, so we recommend Lizzie maybe direct her attention there, then her online socials and meets. This story ended well with little AJ being found after three days. He was discovered drinking from a creek on the property that his family lived on, surprisingly in good health despite some nappy rash, some ant bites and a few scratches. So what happened to the missing footage? Well, it turns out that Alan had installed motion detecting camera equipment that had not turned on or detected AJ sneaking away. The final investigation determined no evidence that any abduction occurred and that this had been the cause of the misadventures for AJ. But the conclusion for Lizzie? Well... It was her releasing publicly the phone call to Crime Stoppers and making the report against the government that saw AJ returned, of course. You are to leave government. You are to walk away from your power and your position. For we cast you out. No to mandatory vaccinations. No, this is against our will, this is against our right to freedom, to choice. The universal law is greater than any law of any land. Hail and farewell, Daniel Andrews, and blessed be. So what's Lizzie up to now? Well, she's pivoted to a new thing, inner world. What's that I hear you ask? Well, its purpose is to restore humanity. So, you know, it's a low bar. As with some others in the movement, looking at you, Raph, Lizzie sees her future more connected with Mother Nature. She wants to create parallel societies, etc., etc. I would love one of them to actually spell out what they mean and how they actually think that would work. Her website reads like some MLM scheme. Very complicated setup with tribal core members and seed members and what feels like plans to recruit more seeds. And yeah, you gotta pay to join. Quick look at numbers and it shows Lizzie's following has very much diminished. Instead of casting Dan Andrews out, it looks like she cast herself out. BitChute, which was to be the platform for Innerworld, has only 149 subscribers. 
Telegram is not that much greater. And considering Telegram is where all these people are, small numbers on there is never a good sign. So on Telegram, she has three channels. Her global inner world, which used to be her own one, has only 346 subscribers. The inner world vision channel, 691. And her inner world vision community group that is filled with nothing but spam posts, 3,508. Instagram is gone. She removed it and replaced it when she rebranded to the Inner World Off-Grid account and only 129 people followed her across to that one. She does tours to Gippsland and charges something like $200 for 60-minute readings out of an alternative store up that way, but is really hoping someone will join her Inner World group and give them land and pay their way under a non-for-profit incorporated association. We will certainly see how that one turns out. everyone how are you welcome to the epicenter of the alleged earthquake and from our accounts of exploration today through Mansfield Jameson and here at Knockwood Bridge Gaffney's Creek very very close to the epicenter we have it on good faith from locals and also tapping into the energy that there's no earthquake there never was an earthquake and we've had such a wonderful reception as well from people in the local area. We haven't had any trouble and have been connecting as well to source and to the energy of great spirit and also armed forces and alien energy as well. So I might explain what that means a little bit later and who and what is here. But as far as I'm concerned from the little bit of investigation we've had on the ground since we've stopped the vehicle, that um, there is no evidence of an earthquake. Now I know on the Jameson Lacola Road, there's cracks in the ground allegedly. We uh, can go and have a look at that and see if we can locate those. But um, this energy and what affected this land and this space definitely came from above. It did not come from under the ground. Like we said, there's so much stuff. We didn't even talk about Princess Diana, the earthquake, her links to previous prime ministers, but I did want to finish up on a funny little story. So Lizzie decided that she was walking it away from it all and decided to do a farnsey and have a farewell tour. She did fundraise for that, by the way. Her tour took her to Gippsland, where Cupid fired an arrow into Lizzie's heart. Or did he? So Lizzie came out to her car at the motel she was staying and found a bottle of wine. In Lizzie's telling, there were tradies there and she made eye contact with one of them and this mysterious man left her the wine along with a note. Well, the note wasn't there according to Lizzie, it had fallen off. She then told an elaborate tale of how the people who owned the hotel support her and are happy to have her there, even though her car is painted with anti-Dan and anti-COVID messages. The only problem with this story is it's not really true. Someone did leave her a bottle of wine. But the note wasn't a love note. It was a call out about her COVID denial. And those messages written on her car, well, there weren't any. How do we know that? Because the person who left the bottle of wine took photos. Gotta say, the person who did this knows Lizzie so well. They knew that she would do some kind of live about it, telling a Lizzie story. So they made sure they had photos of everything. Silly Lizzie. 
There's also a story another observer told me that Lizzie had a bat that was electrocuted on the power lines and fell into her healing hedge. (laughs) Apparently Lizzie said she cut it open and there was a sigil of the CCP in its heart. If anyone has a copy of her talking about this, please let us know. We actually want to see that one and we couldn't find it. Can I just say (laughs) Lizzie's healing hedge, like (laughs) is that a euphemism for something else? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, you've got me on that one. I'm dead. I'm dead. Our healing age. Way back, I think, September, October 2019, I was talking about the bat that appeared at my house here that died when I did a spell and said, show me the animal or insect or person that's responsible, that's involved with this in Wuhan. And a bat fried itself to my power lines. I've lived here 18 years. I've never had that happen before. It's not saying that the bat did this on purpose. I'm not blaming the bat. I'm saying man has meddled with bat. So final thoughts on Lizzie. This is someone who has perfected the art of being Lizzie Rose. The Lizzie Rose that has always been out there talking everything strange and alternative with a big imagination and a big personality. But Lizzie Rose has attracted too much negative attention and has been called out by her witchcraft community, her freedom community, her personal life by her son and in the press. And it's showing in the declining numbers. So now it's time to retire Lizzie Rose. Time to move on from that character to rebrand herself as Rose for the next thing. I imagine she will now master the ways of off-grid living and martyr herself to a new following about the ways of nature going from spells to seeds or casting spells on seeds, we will see. But I wonder who the real Elizabeth Collins actually is. I don't think we get her when the camera is turned on. When the record button is hit, she becomes the character she plays. But the era of Lizzie Rose looks to be over. Well, at least for now. Who knows if she'll ever bring her back? I certainly hope not. Let Lizzie Rose rest in peace. We have all kind of had enough of it. Some loved that character, some hated that character, but it has been entertaining and we can give her that. One thing is for sure, it's time we see the tunnel footage, Lizzie. If she can release it, I will switch sides and become a white hat. I burn now your eye. I burn your 33 degrees of Freemasonry. I burn all degrees of Freemasonry from the 1st to the 33rd. All that is dark and evil and corrupt, I burn away. I burn away. It is done. It is done. It is done. Okay, so as much as it pains me to say it, what's happening in Canberra? Oh, Canberra. So what's been going on up there? Well, we saw the the brave soldiers all returning back to the battlefield. Guru put out the call. Even Kaz went down there and made a really big deal about having to give up her hot showers and her baths to camp out in the in the car park for one night. Like, come on, it was a night. Brad has now been hailed as some kind of hero. I'm now calling him the commander of the Chopped Army. He's really come ahead, isn't he? Like, I think we're really into him. Like, all the other women in there, they're all like... Yeah. Like, like three weeks ago, he was bashing everyone. (laughs) 
But now it's like they've all forgotten the, you know, the stuff with Sideshow, the threats, the woman who said that someone had flashed at her. Like, they've just forgotten all about that. And just, yeah, now Brad's some kind of hero. Obviously, Jesse was down there last week. Whenever he's there, things definitely amp up a little bit. But it's just sad. Like, it's just sad to me that they think that they're some kind of, I don't know, warriors by writing, like, fuck off pedos and chop on the ground out the front of the U.S. Embassy. Like, I don't know. Like, is that, I don't know. And the other one that's kind of coming out at the moment is Ruby West. She's one of Karen Brewer's minions, I call them. But she's really coming out of the forefront now. She's, what do they, what do you call them? What do they call? She called, I don't call them this. (laughs) They call themselves the naughty nanas. Like they're working hard to brand themselves as the naughty nanas. And I've noticed that Ruby's talking about herself in the third person a lot in the last few days as well. So I think she just needs to chill out. I actually like the naughty nanas. I was just looking at them today, actually. (laughs) They're cute. I don't know. I like him. The other thing that's happened up there is they've de- they've decided that our friend Ken Barron on Twitter, if you're not following him, follow um, him. Go yeah. and, go and do that. We're assuming he's a him because his oh. name's Ken. He's he's I don't know. We have no idea. Um, we generally have no idea, but they've decided that old Ken is a fed and that he's actually like stalking them because randomly Dan has rented a new place up there and they went to log into the Wi-Fi and it pulled up all the close networks and one of the networks was called Ken Brain but they don't understand that's what people in Canberra like it's a running joke in Canberra yeah because of that TV that news broadcast so they've decided that it is in fact Ken Brain from Twitter that's great. And they've now decided they've now decided that he's like a fed, that he's in the federal police. And they're also um they what was it? They were standing outside a building and they thought there was a camera facing them and that it was Tom Tanneke watching them. They were at the press club <laughs> and there was some cameraman that they've decided was Tom, which is hilarious. It's like he's living in their heads. We technically do have eyes everywhere, but it's them. <laughs> it's them. It's their lives. It's your cameras. They just don't seem to understand. <laughs> That's how we see everything. They don't get it. The other thing they don't understand is microphones pick everything up. So we had another guru moment in the the car park, calling himself out as an ex-drug dealer, which is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Back went out, because you know I was a drug dealer, is pretty much what he said to someone. So that's funny. But they were getting themselves locked in a car park every night, which again is quite humorous for people who were obsessing about being put in camps. (laughs) They've created their own camp and they're quite happy when the police rock up every night and <laughs> lock them in. So that's Canberra. They're still there, as they like telling us every single day. Surely we're due for a Kane Obbs new track. You know, Yay. come on, Kane. Come on, Kane. What Get are you doing? You're driving around Australia in your van with, with Alana. You better be making new music. That's all I can say. How do you feel about being called a tinfoil hat category? I know how I feel about it, especially when I got dozens of freaking recordings to tell you that I'm not wearing no tinfoil hat. If they call you a tinfoil hat wearer, say, oh, thanks. Um, Yeah, I'm sure you have really nice hats at your house. Hey, Sandy, have you updated that little tune? Did I just hear a little drop in from Monica? Maybe. (laughs) 
It's time to share our random tinfoil tales. So we will share with you something that we've come across in our travels. This week, Sandy is has given me something to look at. So I am going to watch it now. But yes, Tamara, take it away. <laughs> uh, look, all I can say is thank God for Ricardo. Um, we were floundering over here in Australia all of us that were seeking answers to things, um, all of the videos that were coming out on YouTube that were educating us in regard to exactly what has been going on mm -hmm. and how deep, how deep and how dark and how evil um, it was. And then we just kept on looking at each other going like, well, what on earth are we going to do with all of this? And I just said to like all of my clients and as you know, like on the platform that, you know, and I thank God for you, um, that you contacted me that day and went, hey, I've seen you on this show in England. I want you on. Will you please honour me and allow me to interview you? I went, what? Honour you? Get out. Oh, it's an honour. Like, of course, I'll come on and I'll talk. Like, what do you want me to talk about? Yeah? Um, and it's just been absolutely amazing. And then up popped... Ricardo and then guys said to me like have you have you seen this guy I went what guy and they sent me through like information about him and, and footy and I just went like oh my god and then I just followed followed him just listened to what it was that he was saying and I just said to all of my people he's the man he's the man and he's the man because he doesn't want to be the leader. He's the man that wants to be the way shower. And as we've spoken about like the soul's energies over a period of time, Bryce, this man and his amazing wife are of that, that energy group that we have spoken about. Yeah. And we've all come down at this time in order to work together to change the whole of the world, to get it to be the way it was really meant to be. And what I find with Ricardo that is just so awe-inspiring is that his wealth of knowledge and awareness is like beyond. I sit there sometimes and go, oh my God, this guy, what is it that he doesn't know? It really should be noted the look on Ricardo's face. I was just about to say the same thing. He is like the cat that has swallowed the cream <laughs> yes. through that whole thing. That is he so funny. That is it. exactly what I was going to say. I wanted to share this one because I don't know when we're going to have the opportunity to talk about Tamara right, mm. but we need mm. to. She is amazing and really, really well connected to some really famous people. <laughs> so she came into our periphery. Is that the word? Periphery? Yeah, sounds right. Whatever. I say words wrong all the time. When she was up in Canberra with that Born to be Free banner on the mm. stage, and that's her. She obviously sponsored that stage. She probably paid for it. And she's got Ricardo's attention because she has connections. Her connections are with people like Lionel Richie. She's apparently claims to be Lionel Richie's ex-wife, Brenda Harvey Richie's best friend. She was friends with her like 35 years ago. And there's a picture of her with Quincy Jones. There's Latoya Jackson in this photo. Mm. She was at this party, birthday party for him. And Paris Hilton, Peter Brock, like she's really, really well connected. But 
how did you get from being so well connected yeah. in Los Angeles where she spent a lot of time before COVID to then on a stage in Canberra next to Ricardo Bosi? Because <laughs> like, doesn't her website have like she does like she's the life coach and all kinds yeah, of stuff. Transformative yeah, transformative therapist, hypnotist. She was on a reality TV show where she would hypnotize people to lose weight. And like she's hypnotizing this woman you are going to fit into a size zero dress. You are going to, you know. God, I wish it was that easy. Me too. Advertise <laughs> me tomorrow. But she's a little bit of a Lizzie Rose because she's really into astrology and numerology and she talks a lot about energy and all that spiritual woo-woo mm. kind of thing. I don't know. I just thought we got we got to showcase her at some point. Yeah. I wonder if she'll reappear because we really only saw her for that couple of times that she was in Canberra like I wonder if she'll pop up again yeah yeah she's like gone really quiet again but she's she's does seminars and like she offers services and she's charges thousands of dollars mm. doesn't she do like drug therapy as well for addicts for addicts yeah yeah, yeah. really interesting character mm, I'm glad you brought her because she's kind of a little bit of a tie into Lizzie Rose but she's the real deal from a global point of view she's probably what Lizzie Rose wishes she yeah. was she could be okay mine's a lot more lowbrow than that <laughs> okay no worries all right here we go yeah i'm gonna open it up we don't want you going out to people this man he's on he's on he's on our side he's on our side what he's doing okay so he's he's upset one person and he's apologized Avi out. Avi out. I agree. Kick him out. <laughs> the main reason that I wanted to do this one is because at the time when I was watching that and when I clipped it and when I posted it, I had no idea that that was Johnny Q. Like to me, that was just funny because someone was going front at Avi and said, get out. The guy standing next to Johnny is that Luke Hainsworth guy as well that dobbed Guru into real deal media. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't I when I went back that. and looked at it later. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Johnny Q. And then I'm like, oh, and that's Luke standing there. Yeah. So just to create the scene for everybody else. So this is at, Can at Canberra. This is when it all first kicked off, when they were out the back of the library and Avi and Real Rucksack decided to lob up there for a day to take advantage of views and clicks. Get some footage, content. Correct. Mm -hmm. So Avi had been doing his thing, creating some content. Apparently the night before he was going around interviewing someone and the next day, one of the ladies that he'd interviewed took great offense that, that he had interviewed her and Johnny Q was on, was there, Johnny on the spot to deal with Avi. So that just... <laughs> this week because everyone knows that I love soft sets and I love Johnny Q and after posting yesterday or last night whenever it was Johnny getting arrested and telling the policeman when he got back to the station that he had a legal department and giving the winningest lawyer of them all <laughs> as a contact followed by the vexatious litigant as his second contact and the not a lawyer Peter Lindo. <laughs> I love how you got nicknames for them all. What are their real names? The <laughs> well, is 
Spiros? The winning is his name. We're, I'm just calling him Spiros. I don't, okay. I'm, I'm choosing not to give his full name. People yep. who want to know who he is, it won't take them long to find out, but I'm choosing not to. Uh, Brian Shaw, of course, is the vexatious yeah. uh, litigant and, and Pete. So that reminded me of Johnny, reminded me of that video. There's a second video. There's a second video. And I'm sure Sandy already knows what it I is. Do. <laughs> Very short, but I'm oh. sure she knows. This one is going back on visuals because this one should always be like every couple of months. We just need to just put it back Maybe out. I should put it retweet back out, this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This one should be retweeted regularly. Not coming under this group or that group or whatever group, but as a people. Avi then proceeds to decide to have a conversation with Johnny Q. And we know that Avi's not very big. And Johnny, Johnny literally ducks down to Avi's level, like you would if you were talking to a small child. Um, which is just very funny. And he did that on purpose. He knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> he knew exactly and what he Arby's was doing. Arby's trying to be serious and this guy's just mocking him. Correct. <laughs> Correct. What actually happened after that, which I didn't know at the time because I certainly don't frequent the Rebel News website, but I did go there for some other reason and discovered that Johnny Q had actually left a couple of voice messages for Avi as well, which Avi has up on Rebel News. He's <laughs> just abusing the shit out of him. Oh. I love Johnny Q. I do. I love him. I love him. He's um, he's a character. He's another. He's a one. character. Maybe we should do an episode on him. He gets himself mixed up in stuff that he shouldn't. Like it really annoys me that it's he's gotten himself entangled with Johnny C and this Grace Hughes thing. Yeah, he's a hero up there at the moment. He's yeah. really like yeah. 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 fixing everything. So I, if I remember, no, look, I will. I don't like retweeting the Avi stuff because it brings Avi. It brings Avi bots to the yeah. front. Um, <laughs> yeah which is a pain, but, but I will, I'll, I'll retweet it. I will. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Risk versus benefit. It's worth yeah, it. Correct. And everyone likes it when Avi gets a little bit of shade. We do. Thanks everyone for listening to us today. And a big thank you to everyone who helped us out with this episode. That was very much a community effort. So all you people know who you are. We did think that this would be a quick one, but it really wasn't. There was 10 years worth of content that she has created that we needed to comb through. Even content that had been deleted that was archived by so many people. Well done, guys. But we were committed and wanted to do it justice. So we took our time with this one, which will likely be the case for episodes like this, where we want to bring you as much as possible about a subject, especially anyone as interesting as Lizzie. Massive thank you to Order of the Witch for giving us insight into witchcraft which I'm so grateful for because I didn't want this to be an anti-witchcraft episode and as we found out you know witches don't behave like this and they do this for very different reasons so don't use Lizzie as an example. So we're on Twitter if you want to join us over there Sauce149 and Sunny Sandy L with two E's so come and chat with us. It is done it is done it is done <laughs> so moat it <laughs> <laughs>